Hello, friends. We're back again. It's Fightful Overbooked. It's Saturday. It's February 4th. It's my wife's birthday, so uh, that's pretty neat. Welcome to Newsworthy. This is, uh, this is a good time now. Now we're all happy and everyone's excited and Jeremy's here and I'm here. And how are you doing, Jeremy Lambert? Happy birthday to Mrs. Joel Pearl, your much, much better half. Uh, I'm I'm well. It's it it is Saturday. There's a, allegedly another wrestling event tonight. So let's go wrestling. Let's do that wrestling. I've been told that uh, there's an event on Sunday at 10 p.m. that I have to cover. That is wrestling adjacent. What? Huh? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a weird one. I'll tell you offline, but people will see it. It's 10 p.m. Just check my Twitter, I guess. We'll talk about it. It's going to be one no, of those... No, what, what is happening? Our friend Cameron is having okay. a, a conversation with um, a, a certain rabble rouser in the oh, wrestling community. This sounds awful. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, this is not actually something I need to deal you with, so I don't no. care. This is very much an online thing that I'm sure yeah. some people will find absolutely fascinating and others will find absolutely disturbing. We'll find yeah. out. Oh, I anyway. don't care about this. That's fine. Speaking of disturbing, I've got five stories from the week that Jeremy sent to me. And you know how it goes. They were either really, really popular or they weren't and they deserve a little bit more attention. So let's talk about them, shall we? You ready, Jeremy? Yes, let's do it. Let's go for it. Number one, Cody Rhodes would play Shane McMahon's theme on the elevator at New Japan Pro Wrestling before AEW started. What is this, Jeremy Lambert? Cody Rhodes is playing Here Comes the Money. He's on Impulsive. I I haven't listened to this interview yet, but I've seen clips. Please talk to me about Cody loving Mr. Shane McMahon. Cody did did the old car wash of interviews. Now that he is back, he did about five backstage interviews at the Rumble. He did the press conference. He did Logan's podcast. He did the bump. He did after the bell. I'm sure he'll be on one of the ringer podcasts at some point this weekend. He's done it doing all the interviews. Shocked. He didn't go on busted open. I guess maybe there's still time for him to be on busted open, but doing all the interviews is old Cody Rhodes. And yes, during the impulsive podcast, because they ask questions that nobody else asks because they are, uh, I'll just I'll just say it. Not up to date on everything. Uh, well, they thought true journalists. They thought Cody was related to Lana Rhodes, who you can Google Lana Rhodes if you would like to. Uh, that's that's your call if that's something you would like to do. Um, well, they thought. Hey, <laughs> but I don't even know how this story. I think like they just offhandedly mentioned Shane McMahon and. That that became, you know, Cody was like, oh, yeah, let me tell you this. Of like, he'd get on the elevator and he would just play, here comes the money. And he'd get, like, looks from New Japan people. Because he said, like, you know, I had been around the big money for a long time when I was doing my excursion, he called it. And he knew AEW was starting and he knew he'd be around the big money. So he just decided to play, here comes the money. This is either like one of the best Cody lies ever of he just gets on the elevator and just starts playing this song to piss off his peers and get weird looks from them. Or it's one of the best Cody bits ever that he would decide to do this to piss off his peers and get weird looks from them. What a guy Cody Rhodes is just what a fascinating human being. 
<laughs> He's absolutely the funniest and weirdest human being I have ever like read about. I would love to meet the guy and like pick his brain off air, just completely off script, like just not totally just us. You know what I mean? Uh, what's the word? Uh, off the record. Let's do that. Candid, yeah, candid just conversation candid. off the record. Yeah. I don't think he and I would like be friends at any point in life, but I feel like the stories alone would make me at least like him a little bit more. Well, more than I already do. <laughs> <laughs> he he is just a fascinating fascinating man because some of these stories you know he's i think brian has said it like cody rhodes taught me to lie and everything uh we know he's not telling the truth in all of these stories but he's he is such a great storyteller on on screen and in these interviews and yeah i don't know if he's lying sometimes i don't know if he's telling the truth on this stuff but just a just a fascinating man that Cody Rhodes, I, I want him on the spotlight so bad. Steven Jensen wouldn't be able to control himself. So I don't know how that interview would go. Uh, but I, 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 I want him to do our show so bad and I have no idea what we'd ask him, but I would be, it would be a great conversation. I, I'm sure. I'm sure it would be a great, I just want to know like why, just why are you setting yourself on fire for just random matches? Why are you doing this? First question I'd ask him and just be, what do you want to talk about? So what, what do you want to talk about, Cody? That's, that's, that'd be my first question to him. I'm, surprised I'm glad he's back. That. Well, you know, they don't have the, uh, the humor that I do. It's fair. Joel Pearl. They don't, they, they're not asking these hard hitting questions that I would be asking. Like, Oh, tell us about winning the rumble. Tell us what it was like recovering from the surgery. Mm. Tell us about facing Roman Reigns. at wrestle. It's the same questions. All these people asking the same questions. It, you know they're not they're not trying to get the real crux and the the meat of the story like I would be doing. Stephen Jensen, I would ask him about lying too. Ask him like Brian Daniels says says you're one of the best liars in the world. Response: What do you have to say about that? <laughs> are you related uh, to Lana Rhodes? Are you related to Lana? That's that's an important <laughs> one. I think uh, he's he, the, the the last quote of the transcription here. I love it. I just flipped to the point where now I can't see Shane and not be like. I ruined your song by playing it everywhere. <laughs> I think he said in this interview too, uh, like yeah, I've been in the ring with Shane. Like he, he lays it in. I was like, absolutely not. This is a top tier Cody lie right here. Saying Shane he, McMahon. He had, Shane's, he had Shane's last match before he left in 2009. I think I'm pretty yeah, sure Cody good. was in a six man tag that involved Shane McMahon. And yeah, uh, those punches anyway. <laughs> Uh, I love Cody Rhodes. Bless Cody Rhodes. Glad he's back. He's not running for president with that neck tattoo. I also learned that in this uh, interview as well. The levels of regret on that man's face that he's trying to hide about that neck tattoo are amazing. Nah, he loves it. He the, loves it. The story that he tells now about it, how he's like, oh, yeah, the, the tattoo artist put the stencil on my neck and didn't show me how big it was. Until See, this is... This is why Cody is great, though, because you know these are like just complete lies that this man is telling. He's such a worker that it's so, so fantastic of like, you know, you you get asked these questions so many times. And over the years, it just it evolves. The story just evolves of like, I've already told it this way. So now I've got to like spice it up a little bit. Let me tell it this way. 
and, and just recreate headlines that are decades old at this point. And Cody, Cody's not the, the tattoo neck tattoo is not decades old. Some of these stories are So like, let me just recreate these stories, but add that extra in there. Like, Oh, this is new information. Uh, Cody's a genius at this shit, man. I love this guy. Cody Rhodes, please be my best friend. Before we move on, I have to point out Riccacino had a wonderful tweet where he said, picture it. Cody Rhodes walks onto the press conference stage after WrestleMania, holding both <laughs> titles, sits down, and he says, guys, I got to do it. And he grabs a box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch and just <laughs> picks it and just goes to town on that box and says, I got to be honest, guys. It tastes really damn good. Him with the, at the press conference with the pitch black, just being like, ah, you know, gotta gotta do, it. I gotta try this. I got water, but I have a pitch black in here somewhere. Um, yeah, this is basically pitch black. Here you go. <laughs> he's straight. To, he's like, gotta be honest, it's really good. Really good. Like Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes ain't drinking another sip of that <laughs> pitch black in his life. He had water Absolutely in the back. Not ready to swish and just spit out as much as he could. Whatever was left in his body, he's like, ah, oh, get it out, get it out, get it out. He should have chugged him. it like I did on on, on camera, but he's a coward. Now let me be let me let me be nice to my new best friend Cody Rhodes. Check out because, that because, short, by the way on our on our YouTube channel. Yes, please do. I went through hell uh chugging that pitch black while all the other cowards I shared the sh- screen with just took a sip and that was it. You know, I actually like a man Finished that whole thing and then nearly puked, but did not puke. Let the record show. I did not puke. Uh, at least Cody tried it. You know, everybody else that went up there, what was Bray doing? It was his fucking match. He should have been dousing that thing down. Just yeah, going after yeah, the it. logo tattooed on his arm. That's good enough. Yeah, no, he should have. He should have tried that shit too. Cody, like a real man, actually. Dude, what? He gets it, right? He's like, the pitch black is up here. I got to try this and I got to put it over because mm-hmm. this is what the company man would do. He gets it. Like, Cody fucking gets it. I love this guy. You should have done the all in conference or the all, the whatever conference it was. What, what what was the, which AEW show had the Cracker Barrel sponsorship? That wasn't all in, was it? No, nah, I think that was like the first double or nothing. Wasn't like the first Video. show. Whatever show it was. Cody should have come out with a giant plate of food and been like, mm, this Cracker Barrel has fueled me throughout this entire event. Should have been playing. Should have been playing the little peg game. That, not that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Should have been playing that different. All right. We spent way too much time on this story. Let's nah, Cody fucking rules, dude. I could spend years talking about this guy. He's the best. I give Steven Jensen a lot of shit because he's like way hardcore Cody fan. Like, my heart of hearts love Cody Rhodes. He he's the best. <laughs> it's good to see him back. I think he he brings a lot of entertainment to our faces. Clearly, we have a lot to talk about with Cody. So uh, let, let's move on. Charlotte Flair, another goat of ours. Charlotte Flair learned of winning the SmackDown Women's Title at the arena when she returned. Didn't have her gear. This is Charlotte Flair talking to Ryan Satin on the Out of Character podcast uh, or Out of Character show because they do a video as well as Sonia Deville showed up in the middle of this particular episode. Either way, Charlotte Flair didn't bring her gear. What a professional this Charlotte Flair isn't. Hey, Jeremy Lambert, what is this? The first thing wrestlers say is always bring your gear and Charlotte Flair couldn't be asked to do it. What's going on? I feel like this is bullshit that she didn't bring her gear. I think brand new gear just suddenly appeared and Charlotte Flair is back. <laughs> I I think this is this we're talking about, you know, great 
great liars in wrestling. Uh, Ric Flair is up there, and his daughter, I think, is not far, not far behind. I don't. I can't imagine any wrestler just like not bringing their gear, especially Charlotte Flair, who, yeah, maybe you don't know if you're wrestling, but you know to bring your gear. Like that. That's a. That's just. It's a golden rule in wrestling: always bring your gear. Fortunately, she didn't live too far away from the venue, and her her. Uh, she said the person who cleans her house. It seems like they're they're better friends than just this is my house cleaner. Um, but they they were able to run the gear over right quickly. Yeah, brand new gear. Never never had it before. Just fortunately, it was already made and everything. She said she was gonna pot- potentially return. She wanted to return around Survivor Series, but didn't make sense for the story. So I get she probably did have the gear made ready to go and everything, but she didn't have her gear. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know about it's, this. It's an 80, 90 minute So drive between Tampa and Orlando. That's where she lives. And that's where the show was that night. So it's entirely possible. She said However, she got it there in a half hour. Oh, well then she is bomb ass <laughs> lying is what she's doing. She said she got that gear there in a half hour. Was flown this- over? Like, what is this? You can't even fly that shit in a half hour. That's a 10-minute flight. What is this? Charlotte <laughs> Flair, what are we doing here? Your cleaning lady definitely went way above the speed limit to get yeah, to your she- gear then. She may be a wanted criminal because she went almost, I don't know, 100 miles an hour. What is wrong with you? Um, I actually don't think she said it, it was a half hour. She said something about a half hour. She did say, like, I got to the arena at 5 and then, um, okay, she made the call. Yeah, I see this. And then, and then she said, like, oh, she got to the arena about seven, seven fifteen. So it took about two hours. She did say something about like it was a half hour uh, of like traffic or something, and maybe that that's why it took a little bit longer. Uh, I'm see, I'm I'm just straight up lying on this podcast. I learned from the best, Cody and Charlotte. I still don't know how true this story is. It's absolutely nuts. I mean, I love it, but also, come on. Come on, Charlotte. Be a professional. Bring your gear everywhere. You go, you're going to go on vacation? You bring your gear. Let's move on. You know who always brings their gear? Bob the Drag Queen. Yes. <laughs> I was waiting for some sort of reaction there. I, I, just, I thought you were going to continue and say something intelligent, which that's my mistake. Mm-mm. Bob the Drag Queen recalls... Wow, we're going to try that again. No, we're not. You know what? We're just going to roll with it. Bob the Drag Queen recalls... That's a really awkward line to say. Recalls crying after Mick Foley retired. Compares gold dust to Prince. This is amazing. Speaking of Stradio Lab, we got to talk about Bob the Drag Queen. Where did did you find this? What? what, How? That's my only question. It's like, what, what are we doing here? How did we find this? I'm very interested. I, I just search, Joel. I have search methods and I, I like search for just like um, WWE interview, WWE podcast. W- Sometimes I'll just search for like WWE star, something like that. And I do this with all, all companies, not just WWE, just to try is the, the way they promote stuff is, you know, like WWE star so-and-so joins us for this thing. Um, I don't even remember what, what the, the topic was on this. I, I think I might have been like WWE legend. And so in, in the uh, description of this podcast, it was like, um, oh, Bob the Drag Queen joins us. Talk about like, is WWE legend Mick Foley mother uh, was part of the, the description on this. And so that's how um, 
it, it popped up in my search history uh, or in, in my search, just searching for, for podcasts. The cat is stuck behind the Ligia. She's, she's very fat and she's stuck behind our dresser. Okay. She got out. <laughs> Sorry. I was making sure the cat wasn't going to die. I'm um, not editing this out, by the way. This uh, is wouldn't be this good. Is she she the wife has walked into the room this is great podcast material here she just went behind the dresser there baby and just like she tried to like back out and you know she's very fat and she could not get out and finally after a couple of minutes she managed to get her fat ass out of there <laughs> yeah the cats are very smart so i don't know what she was searching for Searching for WWE podcast. Clearly, do we have anything? Do we have treats back there? She was searching for treats. <laughs> People listening to this in audio are so confused, and I love it. <laughs> All right, what are we talking about? All right, so how did I Bob, find this? Podcast? Bob the drag queen. How did you find out Bob the drag queen yeah. was a wrestling fan? <laughs> what a what an interlude there <laughs> on this show. Um, Bob the drag queen. Uh. He, he was on this and clearly loves wrestling and just talks about his, his love for, for Mick Foley and everything. And I, I've said this before, but like, I really like doing uh, like crossover, like articles like this, because you're not going to, you're not going to find a lot of this stuff elsewhere. I don't think you're going to find anybody covering Bob, the drag queen interviews. Cause most people are, you know, looking for wrestling specific interviews and i a big fan of RuPaul's drag race. One, one of my favorite shows to watch Bob, the drag queen's, it's one of my favorite uh, queens that that was on any season ever, and and uh, one I believe season eight as well. Uh, I've been to a few drag shows. Like drag is like, and, and Bob says like wrestling's like the gayest thing in in like in existence because it is just like men and women dressing up, living out fantasies, like playing characters and stuff, and like you know people. I don't know people's thoughts on on drag and things like that, but drag drag is the drag is the best just these these uh these queens going out there putting on performances like having a grand old time the audience interaction doing all the, their special talents whatever that might be like some are really great singers some of them are great comedians just performers in general it's so good um so yeah there's a there's crossover between like drag and wrestling whether people want to admit that or not uh so hearing bob the drag queen like talk about like how much wrestling has just like impacted him uh like in his childhood and everything it was really cool uh, and so you know, i wanted to just run the story because i like the crossover stuff and this was it was a nice little story i thought bob drag queen rules i hope uh i hope we, we get more bob the drag queen talking about wrestling just try to get him on the spotlight as well bob says my favorite wrestler was mick foley i was obsessed with him mick foley was a schleppy looking average run-of-the-mill guy but he was the everyman of wwe that's a pretty great interpretation of mick foley as as a man i i, I give him that it's very fun yeah, let's yeah it, it was it was like mick foley is just like if you if i can do it you can do it because they yeah. talk about like you know most of these people are big jacked up like great looking people who have like no flaws then you know here's mick foley or it's just like it's mick foley people have seen pictures of mick foley well the uh, the other guy that people are going to talk about is Pat McAfee, who says the original plan and goal was to return in the Royal Rumble match. Pat McAfee on his show talked about his return to WWE. Big surprise. 
kind of caught everyone off guard, including Michael Cole and Corey Graves. Uh, Michael Cole, who, of course, very famously stood up at his announce desk like a lost puppy looking for his best friend as Pat McAfee came out to announce this show. Uh, talk to me about Pat McAfee. Everyone loves the guy, or at least most people. Will Washington doesn't for some reason. But uh, yeah, otherwise, everyone loves Pat McAfee and the Pat McAfee show. Uh, Pat McAfee show is is great. Um, first off, and I was a big surprise that he was out there for the Rumble. And I think people like thought there might be a chance he made an appearance. I think people thought that maybe he was going to be in the Rumble, and then he came out to start the show to do commentary. It, it was good that like he, he he even said like yeah, the goal was to like be in the Rumble. Like I was kind of training for it and by like week nine of the college football season. I was like, Oh man, I just, I cannot get in proper shape for this. And like McAfee and to his credit, he could have easily, cause he was, I think it was when AJ Hawk was on there with him. And AJ was like, you couldn't just like go in there and just like do 30 seconds and be fine. And like McAfee, like easily could have, if Pat McAfee gets in the Rumble and just does like, 30 seconds, hits some clothesline, maybe jumps off the top or something, gets eliminated. People have been like, oh, sweet, McAfee, that was great. Like, to his credit, he's like, yeah, I'm not, like, going to be disrespectful like that of just show up, do a couple things, and then get eliminated. Like, I'm not trying to take a spot be because of that. And, again, is he lying? I don't know. Whatever it might be. Uh, but I thought it was it was nice of him to acknowledge that – that a lot of work goes into this and there are only 30 spots and maybe he should just, you know, give that to somebody else. If he didn't feel he could deliver a top tier Pat McAfee performance. And so he just did commentary, which was great. There's a, the kind of companion article to this of, of Michael Cole talking about his return. Uh, and he didn't know what it was. He didn't know, or he was surprised by it because he, he, you know, he wasn't told that this was happening or anything. And there, there's a great story Michael Cole tells of, you know, he hears the music hit and everybody associates Pat McAfee with the Seven Nation Army because that's what he walked out to uh, when SmackDown was dark. That's what he walked out to uh, uh, for his matches too as well. But uh, so he associates McAfee with, with Seven Nation Army because that's what he heard for all those months, year uh, when he did commentary with McAfee. So it's like, he hears this music. He's like, I didn't know what it was. And Triple H is in my ear. He's like, are you going to sell this? And he's like, sell what? Like, what is this? And then he's like, I looked up at the screen and I saw your name. And then I saw, he's like, oh shit, man. Okay. Now. And then like, you started to sell it. And then he's telling Triple H like, you fuckers, like you, you ribbed me. And he texted Triple H and Kevin Dunn of like, you, you motherfuckers. Uh, and they, they laughed about it. So really fun stuff for McAfee on his show. And then Michael Cole joining and talking about his side of things with McAfee coming. They have such a wholesome friendship. Pat oh, yeah. Michael Cole. It's, it's actually, it's so much fun to watch. Uh, it, my favorite is, is you talking about, you know, McAfee was was working out, planning for a Rumble return, and then was like, nah, I'm not in ring shape. Come on, wrestling fans. We need to keep that same energy we had for The Rock saying that he wasn't coming back in time for Mania. You got you to gotta give it to Pat now. Be like, come on, Pat. You're in great shape. You could clearly go. You're a big, muscly man. Come on. Come on, wrestling fans. Go after Pat McAfee next. Let's do it. Let's go. This is a fun article. It's, it's McAfee at least showed up. This yes. other guy, other he guy ain't showing up. up for anything. His mom shows up more than he does. Uh, best was just to his mom though. She was involved in a, a car accident. Thank you for bringing that up. I did want to. I did want to make uh, make a point to say that. So thank you. Um, yes. So this Pat McAfee article. Listen, the man's going to come back and wrestle eventually. It's good that he knew his limitations given that he wasn't ready and it was still a lot of fun 
even though he absolutely ruined that Hardy performance that was already subpar to begin with. <laughs> I mean, I don't even remember this Hardy performance. I blocked that out of my memory and McAfee talking over it. So sure. That's I'll when the Mountain Dew was pitch. That's when the Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew pitch black finally took its course with you. No. Yeah, probably. That sounds about right. Oh dear. Who could possibly uh, care about this Hardy performance? That's true. It was not good. I, Rebby Hardy beyond a piano would have been much better. Oh, Rebby Hardy's great. She rules. We're going to let's move on. Let's talk about John Moxley. Some people like to golf. I like to step into a cage and stab people with sharp things. John Moxley is a man of few words, but when he says them, he has plenty of bangers. Justin Kinner's show is where Moxley made his appearance. Uh, he doesn't want to fish. He just wants to beat people up and make them bleed. And he wants to bleed himself because if there's one thing John Moxley's going to do in a match, it's find a way to bleed. You were at Dynamite this past week, Jeremy Lambert. You saw it. Talk to me about Mox on Justin Kinner's show. Uh, this was recorded before Dynamite as uh, you know promotion for everything moxley rules because he just says shit and he clearly just doesn't care what he says and he, he obviously just like really loves pro wrestling which more power to him because uh, he was actually asked the question was like frame of like you show up every week you go out there and bleed like you go on the independence like i see you like doing smaller shows like he was at wrestling revolver on thursday after doing dynamite on wednesday um, was he really show. the name was yeah the name yeah was they named that. it after him yeah yeah, he, he loves wrestling revolver. He just shows up there. He he doesn't wrestle for them anymore because of contract stuff, but like he still shows up just to make good on like dates and um support the promotion because it's an Ohio based promotion as well. So he likes to support the promotion and everything. Um but yeah, Moxley's just he's like, Yeah, you know, some people just like they find entertainment in golfing. Like I just like to go in there and hit people with weapons stab people with things and he says like you know bleeding like i feel comfortable just doing that like it's exciting to me just like a little a little bit of blood from the eyebrow it's, it's good good shit and like any moxley match he's he's gonna bleed right like he bled against hangman hangman's biting him where he's bleeding uh john moxley is just one of my favorite people to just like listen to in general like any interview that john moxley does one he has just a great way with words because it's very organic and free-flowing with him um and and two like the the stories the man tells he, he clearly doesn't have like any type of like limitations or he doesn't feel the need to like hold anything back he just kind of he kind of goes and he's a fascinating man that john moxley another fascinating man on this show that we, we've been talking about fascinating and simple i mean how fascinating can a man who thinks the sandwich is the best food in the world how <laughs> can he be so interesting yet he finds a way it's actually quite endearing He's the best. John Moxley's the best. Also, whenever he speaks, I can only think of... Uh, uh, it's just the way he speaks. All I can think is, like, regardless of what room he's in, he's, he's always got the Mox voice on. You know, that, that vocal fry, smoke in a pack a day. That's the only voice I got from Mox. Uh, no, this is a fun article. And you know what? Uh, this was a fun episode. We actually did it. And we did it in good time. Do we have anything we want to add this week? I don't know. No. Yes. Plug stuff? Butt stuff? I said plug stuff. Although I guess if you're if you're doing the former, then the latter comes into play as well. Exactly. Good job picking that up, Joel Pearl. No, you plug stuff, and I'll plug stuff. Oh, Everybody okay. We'll go backwards stuff. this time. All right, sure. Uh, yeah. 
Five full over book. Subscribe to us here. Every day we're dropping content. There's a lot of it. Jeremy's going to talk about it. I'm going to be dropping a new episode of Strong Style with myself and Sherrod Delaware any day now. Tim and Joel, we're still going. Uh, soon it's going to be Joel and Kate. We did make that announcement. But, of course, then Kate decided to go on a cruise and then decided that she's a football fan. So well, she'll eventually show up. She's going to be like, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. Kate, Kate, Joel and Kate. We're in Brock Lesnar's schedule. We're getting the worst schedule imaginable for my brain, I tell you that much. Uh, what else is going on? I started a new show with Ella J. It is not a Fightful property. It's called The Run Sheet. If you check us out at The Run Sheet Pod or anywhere you find your podcast, search The Run Sheet. You'll find us there. We talk about wrestling news on Wednesdays, and then on Saturdays, we're talking about all the TV show stuff, all the stuff that you saw on wrestling TV that week. We're going to break it down, talk about it. We have a little fun with it too. Ella and I are really excited to start this new venture. We dropped our first episode this past Wednesday. So come and check us out. And I am at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Oh, you normally go into the last part, but now Jeremy's going to do the, the thing. So go ahead. Don't follow me on Twitter. Follow Steven Jensen on Twitter at fight talk underscore. Um, yes, a lot of stuff on Fightful Overbooked. We actually are like living up to our new content daily thing, which I'm very happy about. Very proud. We're overbooking, about. overbooked. Yeah, we we actually are like overbooking stuff. No, we got we got a good schedule uh, of everything. We do have an NXT watch along tonight. Uh, people can come and hang out with uh, various cast and crew members if you would like to do that. So we got NXT watch along tonight. Um, we have yeah new new episode of whatever whoever decides to put up with Joel Pearl for an hour or two on Sunday. Uh, so talking so that's about that. the NXT show that it would have been the night before, but yeah, okay. yes. Um, <laughs> Tag talk, Tag talk did fantastic this week. Shout out to Haley and Kylie, they rule. Um, so everyone, go go watch Tag Talk. Um, indeed with Mike and Reg that premiered on Thursday, they're covering the world of independent professional wrestling. Very happy to, to have that show on the channel. We have a new episode of new Japan, uh, overbooked as well with Matt and Karen talking about wrestle kingdom and the upcoming new beginning shows. So go check that out. We have, uh, our betting odds prediction preview show myself and this week sp3 because Jared Bailey does football. He thinks football is more important than wrestling for some reason. Um, uh, so we have we have our betting odds preview with uh, myself and SP3 for NXT Vengeance Day, and then I think that's FMC. If people want to watch share Del- Delaware not on strong style, uh, play with like penis trophies and talk about her dating life, and that's the thing, um, and, and things like that. And myself and SP3 talk about basketball and bad reality television. A lot of lot of nonsense on that show. True Heel Rewind is back as well. Uh, make sure to, to show them some love. And I don't know, man. Like, uh, coexisting? Can't forget about coexisting. Yeah. Every Fridays. <laughs> every Fridays with Rob and Maggie. Go check that out. So, yes, they're literally new content daily. Where, like, there's gaming streams that we're behind on that I'll upload at some point. Uh, and then our interviews from the spotlight. We had uh, Dad, the great dad, Nathan Barnett, uh, talking about Danny DeVito stories and Always Sunny in Philadelphia and uh, portable Nintendo 64's Joel Pearl. Did you know this was a thing? He created his own portable Nintendo 64. I'm not joking. He showed it to us on, on camera. Uh, everyone go check out our interview. Dad, not only Dad, but John Morrison, Johnny Spotlight was on there as well. They talked to uh, Crater Clash 2, which is coming up in April. Uh, they, they are great. So all a bunch of content here on Fightful Over Books. Subscribe, give us a thumbs up. We try to cover a little bit of everything with a lot of different personalities. 
And of course, Jeremy and I, we're here every single Saturday. So we start your morning with some news and a little bit of this. Because we didn't use it this week. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary. We'll see you in the next one. Cheers.